Let's go. Well, all right. We're just going to dive in, everybody. Just going to dive into the pool of podcasting and movie talk and see what happens right here on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the line as he does every week to talk about the world of entertainment and movies and everything in between. He even has real flesh and blood, believe it or not. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com. Stop, stop gaslighting my humanity, you son of a <laughs> I am a AI. <laughs> I like the introduction, the uh, Tonight Show-esque uh, song I came up with just out of nowhere there. No, that was quite fun. It was like Tonight Show meets March of the Gladiators meets uh, Eternal Hellscape. I loved it. Uh, that's pretty cool. Anyways, uh, Mike, uh, we got a, a big week of movies that neither one of us has seen. <laughs> For everyone listening at home, we are recording on a Thursday, and uh, just because of some scheduling stuff, we're just going to make our best guess on what we think the reviews are going to be. Does that sound fair? Yeah. Well, we don't have to guess what the reviews will be. We just won't have what I think of these things. And as insulting as that is to me, I'll I'll deal with it this week, you know. And we have a Loki season finale this week, too. So maybe we'll just have to make next week a nice big Thanksgiving stuff-tacular and talk about all this stuff. Well, when you say it like that, we don't have to record this week. <laughs> Oh, oh yes, we do because <laughs> sidestepping all, sidestepping all of that, we have the wonderful news that the SAG after actor strike has come to an interim agreement. It looks like that if this agreement is ratified, it will cover the next three years. And it looked the work stoppage was over as of twelve oh one a.m. today. So talent is going to be available for interviews and available for filming and just. The lights are back on for now. So you said it should cover about three years. Yeah, it looks like the agreement is set to be valid for three years, after which point someone, I forget who said it, but someone was already saying like, yeah, it's a three-year agreement, but we're going to be renegotiating this in like two and a half. But basically, the unions have a contract. There's certain stipulations in there. And for the next three years, things that have been battled over like streaming residuals, the usage of AI, there's certain conditions that are set for those, which I don't think we know quite what's, what the agreement entails yet. But whatever the case, whatever was agreed upon by the Actors Guild and voted on uh, was basically, well, now I think they have to vote on it, but whatever was agreed to now has to be voted on. That agreement will be valid for three years. Okay. Two and a half years from now, the negotiation process will probably start up again where it's like, hey, we left the AI scenario at point X here's what we really want to happen. Or, hey, streaming residuals worked out so well, we want to alter that agreement to why. So then SAG-AFTRA, AMPTP negotiate, they go back and forth. They have until the deadline of this agreement, whenever this agreement ends, to come to, uh, to basically re-up, have a new agreement, come to a, a consensus. If that doesn't happen, SAG-AFTRA can vote with their membership on whether, okay, we didn't get this, 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 and this. We don't think this is a good deal. Do you want to strike? They'll vote for strike authorization. And if it's authorized, then there's a possibility that once the agreement runs up, it's like, hey, as of 12.01, the night this agreement ends, we're on the picket line and we're yeah. about to square one. We'll have to wait and see what happens with the uh, what uh, comes out about what they get, what they don't get, and all that kind of stuff. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, and it was apparently the longest strike in SAG after history. Bet everybody's 
ready to get back to work then at that point, right? I would like to think so. And I just want to say yet again, to SAG-AFTRA, and let's let's just remind the Writers Guild, WGA, uh, I want to say thank you for holding out. Thank you for fighting the way you did. And I hope that everybody is happy enough with the agreement to get back to work, but also keeping an eye on the future because who knows what's going to happen down the line. But congratulations to SAG after you fought strong and I hope you've been rewarded uh, appropriately. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now as we dive into the world of movies. Uh, over in the world of releases, uh, we'll get to some of the other news stuff here in a little bit, but uh, the Marvels is kind of the big one out this weekend. And uh, as we said, uh, neither one of us has seen it just yet. But uh, you know what I think has been funny about uh, some of the reviews I have seen of it? What? People bringing up that it's short. Uh, with something like this, it's always going to be hard to please a consensus of people because a lot of people have had the complaint lately that Marvel movies have been too long, like at least two and a half hours. You have Black Panther Wakanda forever going 245. And the Marvels is, I think a little over an hour 40. Uh, oh yeah. Hour 45. Yeah. So this is a <clears throat> sub two hour movie. And you know, even director Neil, uh, Nia DaCosta was like, look, we're, we're a quirky movie. We figured we didn't have to be that long. It's just sort of, why does everything have to be over two hours? And I give credit to that. I give credit to, they, they're, trying to they're trying to keep it light and breezy. They're, try, they're listening to what people are saying about Marvel while also you know, having their own say and having their own stamp. It's just funny that that's the first thing that anybody's saying. Well, it's short. <laughs> yeah, and what's even more interesting is, I think earlier in the week was, I forget when the embargo went up, but I think the movie was originally rotten when it first, yeah, after the movie's premiere, uh, we wrote this up, but this came from, I think it came straight from Rotten Tomatoes. When the movie premiered and the embargo lifted, it was 55%. It was rotten. But as of this morning, with more reviews pouring in, it's flipped over to fresh and is currently sitting at 62, 62% with 165 reviews in. I kind of felt like it was going to be this way where it was going to be, there's going to be people that were going to love this movie and there are going to be people that don't love this movie. And so for it being almost kind of split there in the percentages, it, it, that doesn't shock me. No, I mean, the original Captain Marvel was pretty divisive to begin with. And this, and not to mention going into the release, you have all these commercials that are like really harping on she's an Avenger. Remember the Avengers? Yeah. This is an Avenger returning. We're doing an Avenger movie that's not an Avenger movie, but it includes an Avenger Avenger. So Avenger. I could have Avengered it that, better myself. <laughs> And not to mention the press tour obviously couldn't have actors due to the SAG after strike. So some of the pivot involved went to Goose and the Floor Kittens. Yeah. Because not only was there an eight hour live stream in a cat cafe, but there was apparently a lounge at last weekend's junket that had cats that you could just sit around and play with. And quite frankly, I think it's one of the best pivots that a studio has done when it comes to marketing a movie like this. Well played. I'm going to be very interested to see what, what public opinion is like about this movie. Uh, apparently, I'm going to let you know about this, but I, I, I've heard allegedly the post credit scene has leaked out. Uh, I, I, read have it. Not thought after, I haven't thought after it myself. I don't want to hear anything about it. 
but it, it's going to be very interesting to see the reaction to that as well as just the film itself. Can we mix Loki into this part of the conversation? Sure. I think it's going to be interesting to see what, because you have this movie coming out, which is, you know, more or less, I mean, MCU. Yeah, multiversal, interdimensional stuff. And then you're going to have the same night that it comes out, you know, Loki perhaps changing everything if some of the theories are true. Yeah, and you've already got, you know, Marvel's prepared for it. They broke out that old meme where it's like, hey, here's a, whatchamacallit, here's an excuse note for getting out of work to do these movies. I'm interested to see what happens with, you know, like you said, the uh, the ending. I know what it is. I'm trying to dance around not saying anything. <clears throat> Better not say a damn word or so help me. It, it's never not planned out, you know, when something like this, you know, coincides with something like Loki finishing up, you know? Yeah. No, it is. It, it's really interesting. And to, to that effect, people have asked the head writer of Loki if they had any sort of crosstalk <clears throat> as to whether they planned out anything to connect with the Marvels. Uh, Eric Martin is the head writer of Loki. And apparently they did, they did not have any discussions ahead of time. And in other things that he said, uh, he basically addressed the possibility of season three. And one of uh, my colleagues slash boss, Sean O'Connell, he spoke with Eric Martin about Loki and, you know, mentioned the, the possibility of season three. And then he said, well, uh, basically paraphrasing the, the quote, but you can read it over at Cinema Lund. He had said, uh, I just approached this as sort of a two season open the book, close the book sort of approach. If we get greenlit for season three, we'll have to cross that bridge when we get there. So we might be seeing the end of Loki's time with the TVA. Yeah, or maybe the and beginning of I his time with that. the TVA. Ooh, I mean, when you put a character in that's named Ouroboros and you've got all of these events that have been happening that sound like they're going to loop into each other and they're basically reforming the TVA after the TVA has been broken. And is Loki really he who remains that, you know, it's that theory is, is more than applicable. It's red hot. I like it a lot. <laughs> oh, I do too. And like, if they have to, if they want to end it on season two, or if they want to end this incarnation in season two, fine. Close Loki, Loki's loop. He goes back to alternate 2012 and, you know, prob. Oh, oh, what did you just that have a would thought? Be a yes. Okay. Um, I may have to uh, write about this after I see the finale, but you know what a perfect cameo would be to tie this all up. If this is how it ends, what picture this folks end of season two, we send Loki back to that moment in Avengers Endgame where he grabs the Tesseract and disappears. That's where his, that was his Nexus event. That was where Loki disappears and Loki the series happens. He goes back to that point, doesn't get the Tesseract because who has to go back and set things right on the timeline after Endgame was finished? Oh, Captain America. Captain Bloody America. So... Maybe he loops, I don't know if he loops Peggy in on that and brings her on his adventures. I would love that. But at the very least, you get a Chris Evans cameo. He's there and he's like, sorry, I got to put this back. And Loki, knowing what he knows, knowing the journey that he went through, is like, it's okay. I understand. 
or something like that. Something witty, maybe. I don't know. But that's that's your big. That's like a nice little cameo that could drop in there if it needed to. Doesn't necessarily have to. Yeah. I'm not pushing for that because honestly, if Chris Evans doesn't want to do it, and there's no logical. I mean, that's the logical reason to include it. But if Chris Evans is like, eh, I don't think so. It's like, fine, man. You go do you. But I just think that'd be really cool. Or what if you? <laughs> Just completely out of left field. What if you have uh, uh, Steve Rogers starting it, and then Loki all of a sudden shows up? He goes, "I know what you're doing. I'm here to help." And so begins the adventures of Loki and Captain America. I have no problem with this. I think you just made a good idea better. I uh, that that just I, because I want to see Loki. I want to see this version of Loki continue. So I don't know. We're we're in interesting times with Marvel. And I think it's interesting times, not only because whether or not people are liking what they put out, but what they're going to do with their story from here on out. Because I think it's, I think it's safe to say over the last five years, or at least since Endgame, that whatever they've been doing hasn't worked as well as I think they had hoped it would, and they need to figure out a direction. Yeah. Or 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 fix the direction they're going in. If that makes sense. But in the meantime, Deadpool three might be back shooting before Thanksgiving. Yay! I'm okay with this. Yeah, me too. It's like they already started it. Just get in. Yeah. Just, it, it, the, the stuff that's already started, <clears throat> like that's hard. It's really a kick to the momentum when you have to stop a project like that, and it's like you're already shooting, and it's like time can change things. Time can change people. And you, it's just like you hope that when when you get back to production, it's like, oh, everybody's all of a sudden five years older and six you know, pounds lighter. You know what needs to happen? Hear me out on this. You know what the next trailer for Deadpool 3 needs to be? What? Ryan Riddle sitting on his, on his couch. He's gotten a little bigger because he's out of shape because he hasn't been doing this stuff. And he gets the call. And it's like, we're shooting tomorrow? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. And he hangs up. He's like, son of a and he's all fat. And then Hugh Jackman comes down in like perfect Wolverine shape. And he's like, I told you so. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. It needs to happen. I told you so. You can eat a bag of It looks like you ate all of them. <laughs> Just something that beautiful. And then throws an empty bottle <laughs> of gin at his head. <laughs> oh my God, I killed Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my, no, it's my stunt double. Oh, God, that's really funny. Mike Grace from CinemaBlend.com on the line. So we're on the edge of some interesting times when it comes to uh, Marvel. I think that's safe to say, right? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, especially if this, and I, I, again, I don't want to know, but especially if the X-Men rumors are true, then, yeah. Like, and not to mention, there has been this persistent rumor through the later part of the strike where it's like, yeah, the Fantastic Four has already been cast. We're just waiting for the actor strike to be over so we can announce it. <sighs> Mike Rice from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. All right, as we as we move away from the world of Marvel and uh, all of that, uh, some of the other movies we'll talk about next week as we just uh, we we haven't seen them yet, but we'll get there. Uh, the one thing we I know that we have seen uh, it was released yesterday, as in Wednesday. Uh, we got our very first look at Ghostbusters: Frozen Empire. Yes, we did, and that will be in theaters March 29th, 2024. That's my dad's birthday. Oh, happy birthday to your dad. I hope he likes Ghostbusters. He doesn't. <laughs> no, he well, actually probably he, does. I was going to say, that that was a big enough hit that, and knowing you, 
and like guessing on what your dad's like, I'm sure he liked Ghostbusters. Oh, uh, he's into the paranormal and stuff. But um, what was your initial thoughts when you saw this trailer? Um, I think that, first of all, it's kind of cool that Ghostbusters is going back to New York. Okay. That's the first thing I thought. It's like, cool, Agreed. New York, we're doing a big frozen <clears throat> summer sort of story. So that's kind of cool. It's like, I wonder if they'll even mention like the winter without a summer because of the, uh, the Siberian, uh, Tecumseh event, or I think that's what it was, or I'm trying to do my best Ray impression because obviously, you know, that when Tunguska? this whole thing is explained, Tunguska, yes, the, the, the Tunguska event of 1918, where, uh, a, a volcano erupted and there was a year without a summer. It was really this, uh, Sumerian overlord who decided to come in. I, I am not mocking Dan Aykroyd. It's just, he does that so well. In the Ghostbusters movies. And yeah. that's part of, I mean, that's the basis for how these movies got made. I saw someone on Twitter basically put it as, you know, Dan Aykroyd is seriously into the paranormal and he was serious about the original script and he was kind of wrestled into making a comedy movie that would work as like a normal movie. Yeah. And then you have Bill Murray improving a whole bunch of stuff and you have all of them just lending their comedic talent to it that it became funnier over time. And the other thing I was excited, things I was excited about, and I'll just run them off real quickly. Patton Oswalt to Camille Nanjiani being in the movie, okay. which that's exciting. More new characters. Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon being Ghostbusters. <laughs> and the look on Paul Rudd's face at the end of the trailer. If there was anything, if there was anything you needed to end that trailer on, it was that whole, <laughs> like, automatically I uh, seeing those two get to work with the younger cast members as Ghostbusters is like, yes, yes, please. And then of course seeing Ernie Hudson back, seeing Dan Aykroyd back to a certain extent, seeing Bill Murray back was exciting. I, I was very happy to see the old cast and the new cast. I was happy to see it in New York. Um, I, I thought the effects looked cool. I just, I was kind of underwhelmed at what they were fighting. Like, I, I don't know if I get it just yet. If that makes sense, yeah. That no, that's ex that makes exact sense. That's that's just teaser trailer logic. Like, I don't think they're giving too much away for now because it's like this is the first peak where we get the title confirmed and we get cool little snippets to be excited about, and then maybe I want to say maybe at Christmas. I don't know if that's too early. Like Christmas or maybe the January timeframe, we'll probably get another trailer. But like, obviously, that's the story trailer or the official yeah. trailer where it's like, oh, this is what they're dealing with. Throw in some more shots to goose things up and potentially give away the movie. Yeah, I, yeah, I just that was my only thing with it. I was like, I don't know if I get this. I don't know what what we're fighting here. You know. I mean, I will say it looks cool, but oh, I'm great. one. I, I've just. I hope it doesn't turn into one of those sequels where it's like we really needed to make a sequel after that first one because it was so popular and we just kind of went with eh. the frozen empire. Oh, okay. Cool. Which I like better than the, the code name for the movie was firehouse. And like, there's no way in hell they were going to name this movie ghostbusters firehouse. Although that could be interesting. Eh, it doesn't really say anything about the title and the, the, the plot. And it's just like, that sounds more like a franchise Chuck E. Cheese restaurant. Come on down to Ghostbusters Firehouse. There was a, do you remember Ghostbusters, uh, the real Ghostbusters, the animated adventures or whatever it was? Yeah, I remember the real Ghostbusters. 
You remember there was one where they got sucked into the contain uh, to the uh, uh, oh what the hell is it called the containment deal containment unit yeah I the, for some reason I was wondering it, like <laughs> if you said Ghostbusters firehouse I, there was part of me that's like oh does the uh, there's was there something with the containment unit unit that uh, makes them uh, you know get sucked into it or start pulling stuff out or you know whatever I mean that'd really be interesting. In fact, you could probably, if you wanted to, you could probably use the containment unit, and I don't know what this threat is, but you could repurpose the Ghostbusters 3 script, which uh, had an idea where they basically stepped out of sync with the universe like one frame at a time. Yeah. So it's basically like, you know, we see 24 frames per second. It's like the frames in between are where hell exists. Yeah. And they create a device that puts them in there. You can always use that. Yeah. Well, we're getting frozen empires, so. <laughs> Which is still intriguing enough that yeah. I'm, look, I, I remember going into Ghostbusters Afterlife and I was skeptical. And then by the end of that movie, I actually was like crying and it's like, you know something? It took a little while to get started, but once it did, it really hit in the heart. No, I'm looking forward to it. I, I mean, it's Ghostbusters. It, it It's, I'm going to like it. Yeah. I mean, personally, I'm sad the Ghostbusters reboot didn't do anything, but. I'm glad that this is another way into working through things. And yeah, I still would find a crossover to be honest. I, again, I wish I, I, I just go back to the, the reboot one. I just wish I would have known if it was in the universe or out of the universe. Yeah, that was, that was the one thing that I had against Ghostbusters 2016 or Ghostbusters answer the call as they call it. Yeah. I loved the characters. And I remember watching the trailers for that one, and it's like, I wasn't sure I was going to like Leslie Jones' character. I wasn't sure I was going to like, I wasn't sure I was going to like uh, Kate McKinnon's character, any of them. And then I go into this movie, and it's like, okay, I wish they only had Ernie Hudson's cameo. Because Dan Ackroyd's cameo and Bill Murray's cameos were too distracting, and Bill Murray's cameo was just outright atrocious. Yeah. And it was like, I wish they would have either leaned into the lore or just not made the references to stuff that happened in the yeah, first exactly. because it was holding it back. And otherwise, like, it was a solid, really fun movie that I dug. And I saw that, that was back when IMAX 3D was still a big thing. And they did a hell of a job in IMAX 3D where it's like, it was in letterbox and things were breaking out of the frame. So like proton wands and all this other stuff is like breaking out of that as well as being in 3D. Oh, cool. And we did not appreciate that movie when we had it, especially with Chris Hemsworth being the most lovable himbo golden retriever in the universe. <laughs> it was just, it was great. I uh, wanted more of that. Awesome. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. Uh, that, does that pretty much wrap it up for this week? I mean, we'd probably want to talk about hunger games reactions next week because reviews are starting to drop today i think for what Hunger games the hunger games the ballad of songbirds and snakes one of the many films that will be in theaters next weekend that's a movie yes it's a prequel to the hunger games that's out this weekend next weekend i'm just gonna lay this out because next friday is my birthday and i am amazed at how stacked the lineup is we were because we originally we were supposed to have Dune Part Two on that weekend, but then it was moved to the beginning of November and then moved to next year because of the actor strike neither here nor there. But next week we get next goal wins, Thanksgiving, trolls van together, uh, 
of Please Don't Destroy the Treasure of Foggy Mountain on Peacock, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, uh, and there's a couple Netflix films that are coming out uh, in theaters and on streaming. Like, it's, it's a big weekend this weekend, and I can't talk about it yet, but I've already seen Thanksgiving. Perfect. All right. Well, looks like next week will be really awesome. So if you want to hear something really awesome, tune in next week, everybody. That's some real wild stuff there, Ed. Oh, God, I miss Johnny Carson. Oh, don't we all? Has there been a movie about his life? No, and I think it would be very rated R if what they say is true. Who would you have play Johnny Carson, just real quick? Dana Carvey. Oh, that's Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey did the impression so beautifully. I, you would probably have to keep it in a certain time frame. Like you probably wouldn't do the younger years. You'd probably stick with like the seventies, the earliest, but you'd probably stay with like eighties, nineties. Like maybe do something about the last days of tonight show. What? I just thought of a crazy idea. Hear me <laughs> out on this. Okay. Young okay. Johnny Carson beats Ed, young Ed McMahon, right? It has yeah. nothing to do with them starting their talk show, but like being like robbers or uh, uh, like superheroes or just something completely not in that realm. It's like the Johnny yeah. Carson story and it's Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon, but it's not nothing about the tonight show. That'd be, that's like Gotham. I like it. <laughs> what, I, what I really want to see is, so there was a movie called the late show. Yeah. Or the late, no, the late shift, the late shift. I think it was, let me, let me just double check about this. Cause I'm going to go on a little spiel here. So there was a movie for HBO called the late shift. And it was based on a book that was written about how Letterman got shafted out of the tonight show by Jay Leno. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and it's, uh, it's a really interesting movie. I still need, I have the book and I haven't read it yet, but the movie was really interesting. And Apparently, it's why I think John Michael Higgins, the man who played uh, Letterman, I think he was never invited to Letterman after that because of being part of that movie. And there was a sequel book that was written by the same author called The War for Late Night. And it was about how Leno came back and screwed things over for Conan. I would love to see that sequel made. Yeah. Because that first movie was interesting, and that's an interesting story as well. The whole late night thing would be like a whole series of movies. Oh yeah, I mean that 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 would be a lot of fun to to go into. You could make like a whole movie about James Corden being horrible at it. <laughs> and that's <laughs> where you end. <laughs> yeah, like the end of late night. Like, uh, I, I don't know who I would want to see. I, I don't know who I would want to see knock down a peg more, James Corden or Jimmy uh, Fallon. Oh, those are two good ones. Oh, hell. So earlier today, John Cena posted a an Instagram post with a, a title card that looked like, like, like the end of a Looney Tunes short. And it's like, the end. And people thought, oh, he's talking about the writer's strike. We just found out that his movie for Warner Brothers, Coyote versus Acme, has been shelved after being completed and considered for theatrical release. Oh, wow. That sucks. Warner Brothers is pulling another Batgirl. It's a live action CGI hybrid. And I think the whole point of it is uh, the Coyote is suing Acme for like faulty products. And that's the, <laughs> and that's the, whatchamacallit, that's the, the concept. It's based off of a humor article that was published in the New Yorker. And yeah, so now it is currently done 
and just shelved. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. I wonder how much longer he'll be on WWE. I think that was another thing people were wondering about, too. I'm sure he got paid, but it still sucks because I'm sure there's some sort of... If it was going theatrical, he would have gotten some sort of back end off of it if it performed. But also, it just sucks to have... Yeah, you got paid and you made this movie for like a year or however long, and now it's like, ah! Never mind. No one's ever going to see it now. Well, on that note, that's a good place. <laughs> no one's going to see it now. Mike Grace from CinemaBlend.com joins me every week on the show to talk about movies. Uh, Mike, we'll be back next week with a whole bunch of reviews, okay? Okay. Until next time, this is the tax break, folks.